You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. With me always are my good friends. Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. And we're uh, finally all together again. What the hell? Well, you know, it was really good to be able to hear Jay say the hills of Texas. I know, right? He hasn't really been able to do that right. Or yeah, because it's or... been, you know, sure. throwing me off. Hi, I'm Jay, your host, and uh, from the uh, and my other guy. I know I'm supposed to say something else here. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different when you kind of you know have to run the or the the hosting part, you know, as opposed to just being a co-host. So I, but I think you guys did a really good job. So thanks. Uh, kudos. To, yeah. So uh, all right. Well, before we get started, how about a word from our sponsors? Three D Aeroventures, adding fun to the RC hobby, one layer at a time. Feeling weak and powerless? Sounds to me like you need A Power batteries. When someone needs the best, they always choose the A Team. A Power batteries. Get on the web and get yours today. And we're back to the Park Flyer Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Um, we uh, are kind of getting ready to to head out next week, or this week, I guess, when the podcast comes out. I'll be uh, well on my way to California to Best in the West. Best so, in the West. Yeah, that's the um, the jet event. It's the jet rally for the uh, West Coast. So I'll be in the turbine world for a couple of days. So, so where are you going to fly your Park Flyers, Park Flyer airplanes when you're there? Uh, actually we can, uh, so I'm taking the, the motorhome out there and then, uh, I'll throw a couple of little foamies and I can just fly them over by the motorhome. I, I was ready to say, are you going to be able to dig out some of your turbines? Cause they may be buried. <laughs> Last time I was checking, they're not like right there. Easy to pop out and go. No, his, he, he has park flyers. He probably has one or two on top. You know, you don't uh, well, he has a couple of park right? flyers. In fact, he has his jets easily accessible. His EDF, uh, jet is easily accessible, yeah. but I know his turbines are not exactly right there to grab and go. Well, that's not necessarily true. My uh, trailer does have the uh, F-15 sitting. Oh, that's right. So I'm taking the F-15, and then um, I'm sharing a trailer. Barry's going to throw his big F-18 in there. Uh, And then he he actually wound up picking up a a 110-inch Havoc. Oh. And uh, so we have to swing by Van Nuys and uh, and pick that up on the way out the bus. I like that swing by. That sounds like it's right on the way. <laughs> it does not. Uh, sound it is, it's kind of on the way. About an inch uh, on the map. You know. <laughs> yes, about an inch on the map. That's about okay. right. Uh, so yeah, but um, but anyway, we uh, we get out there. Uh, we leave day after tomorrow, and then we um, you know we head up and uh, we're going to spend uh, some time up there. So. So but your anyway. overlords let you go, huh? Uh, they did, yeah. So we're good to go. Fair enough. <laughs> so yeah, we're uh, we're excited about that. We'll uh, give you some update, uh, you know, from uh, from there. I'll see if I can, uh, you know. How long of a drive is that? Uh, about eight hours or so. So I would just like to suggest to Barry, if he happens to be listening, to you know read some sort of book to Mike on the way there. And that way, <laughs> he won't be bored. And, uh, <laughs> Well, you, you give Mike uh, a, a foot massage. That's the nice part about maybe driving the, uh, Class maybe A. Maybe we can read you the configuration manual for the uh, that thing with the weight thing that you have that has the three pucks. You uh, can, yeah. Oh, the, by the way, the... he uh, he got his own. Yeah. Uh, he's got his own. Yeah, there was well, maybe, someone. Yeah, maybe uh, he can configure it while your guys are traveling. He's probably going to want to use mine and switch all of his stuff. Or my, you know, the stuff that he has in mind, he wants to put it all in his. But I bet he just gives you his and says, "Here, <laughs> I want it. yours." Yeah, I get, and then. That can you be the case. can you swap I would, the information? I can you swap the information from that stuff? Um, I don't know. I, you know, that's a good question. I'm not really sure. Which is why he should be reading the configuration manual when he when you guys are dropping. That's true. 
You figure that out. Now, the last time we did this, uh, we took I took my little headset thing, and we uh, were driving with our headsets on, having a big. Oh, I remember that. We're in the car, so it was pretty funny. But um, I'm excited because they uh, they didn't have one last year, and um, so this year, you know, they're having it. It's a big event. They they have some upwards, I think, eighty some odd, eighty or ninety pilots registered. So it'll be kind of cool. When's the last time you did anything with your acroplane? Your 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 real acroplane? Um it's you mean my my actual extra? Yeah. Oh, um, you know, it's uh, been a while, all summer. Um, when I had COVID I didn't really fly it, so um the guys are actually some of the guys are Jones and they're like, Hey man, you need to come out and fly with us. Uh huh. Uh, I need to get ready to do that. The bi- the big thing that's been taking all my time is my house. You know, we're trying to still build it, so uh, we're we're getting to the final push, and I've been up there pretty much every day. And yeah, you know, when you have to make all your own nails and stuff, and <laughs> I do. Plywood, scrounging the country yeah. for plywood. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been growing my trees. Yeah, <laughs> the, the front forty is almost done, so we get the we, the porch will be able to be made. So that's good. We got that well, going for the us. big thing is uh, the electricity uh, in the house just got turned on this week, so we've been yay. We've been programming. So that means you have a real address too. I do actually. I got my first Amazon uh, delivery at the address. Oh, it's what? official! It's official! It is official. I mean, no pictures. Like that's just rude. Uh, no pictures of the, uh, the delivery. The delivery? The first delivery. Oh, you know what? I sh- I do have a picture. Of, let me see. Okay. I do have a picture, right, well, I think, and can, I can send I mean, it to Jay to put up there. But I'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna have to black out the address, though. We don't, well, we no, don't... there wasn't. There was no address. Uh, you know what? I do have one. I do have one, and you're right. I will have to black out the address because it's actually the on, yeah. on the label. <laughs> but so uh, my builder ordered my kitchen sink. And they delivered it. And my wife and I uh, are only like three miles up the road from the new house. And uh, and so we decided to go up there at night because we're playing with these lights that we had installed. And uh, as we drove up, I walked past the front door and I looked outside and I go, what is on the front porch? Somebody put something on the front porch. So I opened the door. It's pitch dark out there. And it's my kitchen sink is sitting on the front porch. And Amazon delivered it. So nobody was there. <laughs> They dropped it on the. They just thought you guys were sleeping. Smoke. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's a huge construction site, and they just thought right. you were sleeping in a yeah. in a building yeah. that's still under construction. So sure. Uh, so anyway, why I wouldn't like, they? I took a picture of it. I was like, "Hey, we got our kitchen sink," and then I took it inside and locked it up. So, but yeah, I'll send a, a picture to Jay right now that uh, shows the shows that photo. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So uh, now you'll be able to say everything, including the kitchen sink. That's true. I did kitchen, but so that looks, yeah. <laughs> that's officially uh, it's official. Our first, um, the first Amazon uh, yeah, delivery, and uh, I think we're hopefully going to be in it sometime the end of uh, October, first of November. So I'll be good. I'll have my new shop and all my stuff in the back instead of the little casita here and. We'll uh, we'll get going, so I'll be excited. Thanksgiving will taste that much better, I'm sure. Yes, it may, and I'll uh, finally have all my stuff out, and you know, be able to kind of lay it out on the table, see what I have, get back in the building, uh, and you know, right. It's all. It's just going to be a pile of. You're going to see this, but it's going to be boxes all behind Mike. All the stuff moved back into his house. Nothing's out. Just boxes and boxes. Don't. Probably right. No, Jay. He's he's going to stack it up so that it's not in camera view. Oh, yes. Gotcha. It's going to look like he's done. Yeah. He's not really. All the boxes will be out, out of gotcha. camera view. Yeah, that I can believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how it works. But, uh, yeah, and then we'll have to have uh, – actually, it'll be exciting because, uh, believe it or not, it's almost the end of the year. We're already talking about November, right? November, December, and then January, February. And February is the – you guys will be back here. So just about the time I get everything unpacked and ready to go, guess who's coming to town? Go to the Electric Festival, the U2 guys. So you'll get to see the new place and play with all the really cool uh, high-tech stuff that's been installed in the house, the um, flooring and AC. I call dibs on the comfortable bed. Ah, they're both comfortable. They're uh, they're both comfortable. So, 
but yeah, the lights that I put in there are, um, they basically are RGB tunable white lights in the whole house. So I can actually make them change colors. Just and, go. Uh, so the whole house, yeah, the whole house can change. Uh, they, I can play music and they'll bounce with the music. It's, so, it's so all right. So while I'm taking a shower, I can dance to Donna Summer or something. That's Woo-hoo! true. You can. The light will change, and you know, that'll be. That's kind of cool. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, because all the bathtubs, bath showers, all of those have those changeable lights. That's kind of cool. You can make it like a, you know, what do they call that? A spa. You know, put a blue light or a green light or a red light or whatever. So, like, Sounds like a lawsuit tub. to me. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, when you slip and fall because you can't see anything, or you're no, exactly. from your from all the flashing Pop lights. I was playing on the radio, and the disco, the disco lights were going, and then uh, I fell and slipped. Yeah, I, mean, I got a seizure or something. Seizure, seizure City, what are you talking about? Meow, 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 meow. No doubt. Well, uh, it's funny that you bring up the word lawsuit because uh, some <laughs> not Speaking that lawsuits. Speaking of lawsuits, not, nothing that had to do with me. Good segue. Uh, but, uh, but we were talking. Yeah, it's a good segue. We were talking earlier, uh, and actually kind of tonight's topic is on this lawsuit that uh, this company um, sued the FAA over this remote ID. And it's it's kind of been out there. It's been going on all of 2021. Um, but, you know, they're kind of coming to the end of this thing. Uh, and the arguments were supposed to have been in September, like September 29th. So now that it, you know, it's only first part of October, uh, we're interested in hearing exactly what, you know, what's kind of come out. So we're watching for that, but there, you know, the company that, um, and this, this will affect the, uh, you know, UAS type. And, and we know that UAS is, is kind of a lump lumped, everything's lumped into UAS, right? Unmanned systems. But the uh, the FAA was sued for an illegal remote ID, and the uh, this lawsuit outcome it will impact uh, will impact um, U- UAS policy, UTM, and UAS integration. So uh, the company's name is Race Day Quads, and they uh, actually, believe it or not, back in April of 2021, they sued the FAA, saying that uh, they basically have violated several of the amendments. Um, and that uh, certain certain things are already considered unconstitutional, and the FAA just kind of broadened it up and said, "Here you go." So anyway, I thought I'd throw that out there today because I know we uh, we'd been talking about it earlier. And uh, just uh, a quick update: Race Day Quad sued the FAA in early April. Uh, they filed uh, arguments on August fourth, two thousand twenty-one. The FAA has to reply to those arguments in writing, which is due September third. And then race day quads will reply to their reply uh, around September 23rd. And then after that, the Department of Justice and race day quads will argue in a court of law uh, in front of a judge, which hopefully will happen this winter. Uh, and the ruling is expected in the spring of 2022. So so the back and forthing of the letters already happened. Correct. And that's kind of why we're bringing it up at this point, because, you know, we're we should have uh, I, I'm still looking into it, you know, and. Unfortunately, it's not on the tip of the news cycle, right? So uh, you got to kind of dig through a lot of stuff, and I haven't really had too much luck digging through, you know, live lawsuit, <laughs> you know, footage. Uh, but the outcome of the lawsuit will impact, the, like I said, the UAS policy, uh, UTM, and UAS integration of the, in, of the national airspace. Uh, we're looking for those updates as the lawsuit kind of comes down, but... Um, but if you don't know what the lawsuit's about, uh, the argument alleges that tracking uh, and recording GPS violates the Fourth Amendment. Fourth Amendment. Mm-hmm. And then the lawsuit uh, cites Carpenter versus United States uh, and asserts that remote ID is more intrusive than the technology already recognized as unconstitutional. Uh, and then I think uh, there's one more that says the uh, argument... Uh, alleges that the concept of FRIAs create a forced association with a private dues-collecting organization uh, to exercise privilege in the public airspace, and this suit argues that it's a violation of the First Amendment. And then I think the last one uh, is that it alleges a private entity being able to access public services, a violation of the Fifth Amendment. So there's several amendments in there that they're quoting, and I, I know that when you go 
you know, up against the government and you're citing that they're violating some sort of an amendment, uh, a lot of times the courts look at that, you know, they look at that very seriously because the <laughs> the government's the one that set the amendments and now they're violating what they said. This is, you know, this is the amendment you get as a citizen. Oh, now we're violating it. And several times, you know, I mean, I think looking back, Jay, you would know more than me, but uh, when they went to court over the burning of the American flag, that was something that, uh, you know, they said, yeah, that violates the First Amendment. And the court sided with uh, with the plaintiff in that fact, saying, you know, yes, that is a First Amendment right. So, right, because you know, it's an expression. Uh, right. Correct. And so hopefully this, uh, you know, we're talking about this because the FAA is trying to regulate non-navigatable airspace, which is anything below, I think Mike and I were talking about earlier, anything below the tree line. You know, so if you live in Massachusetts or Boston or somewhere and you're flying a quad or a park flyer and you're in your backyard and your trees are 75 feet tall all the way around your property and you're flying inside those trees, how is that navigatable? How does the FAA actually even have the ability to say you cannot fly in this space, right? And then on top of that, we want to know, so you have to have GPS reporting capability while you're flying in your backyard. Oh, and by the way, you cannot submit your backyard as a flyable space and create a FRIA in your backyard. They don't allow that. Even if you have 10 acres. I could have 100 acres, and it wouldn't matter. Unless I created yeah. a club or whatever, you know, in Jay's right. case. Ridiculous. So, so it's one of those things that, yeah, it is somewhat ridiculous. Um, but it's interesting because this lawsuit will definitely take, you know, uh, a little bit of time and hopefully we'll hear something. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that eventually they will prevail and then all this kind of rigmarole will go away. Because we still don't have remote ID technology as, as of this moment right. of this recording. Anyway, why not? Why not ADBS, ASB or ADA? Yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Uh, once again, that technology is out there for real airplanes, but that technology is about three times the size of my airplane. So, I mean, my foamy. You know, I can't. I can't put that particular unit on my foamy. It has to have a GPS antenna. It has to have a WAS antenna. It has to have all this stuff that pretty much weighs more than the 55 or 65 grams, you know, that my foam park flyer has. So it's just kind of very difficult. But I, but I do know. What's that? Hey, AZ Mike, let me ask you a question. So when there's an, a regular rule change with the FAA, right? They're like, they decide, I don't know, they're bringing in a new navigable device or, you know, maybe when back when they first brought up GPS and they were allowing it to be flown on planes or using the planes could use it for navigation. How mm-hmm. what's that process normally look like? They have to go. This is where Congress gets involved and they they sit and they legislate and they look over the rules and a few years cook by as they go over everything. And and in this case, that didn't have the normal practice of how they normally decide these things has not happened. Right? They just skirted that and the FAA is just saying, Hey, here's a new rule we propose. And it's never gone through the proper lawmakers is, is what it just seems to me. Is that's what, is that what's happening here? Um, so you're talking about two different uh, sides of the coin, right? Um, the one side that you brought up beginning or at the very beginning is uh, GPS uh, navigation. And so uh the, the FAA set aside basically in their Airman's Information Manual and said, okay, look, this is our navigation section and this is what's available to navigate. Back in the day, it was uh, some guy with a flashlight, right? right? And then in today's world, you know, then it jumped to what they call a LORAN, which was ground-based stations that were giving lat long, you know, then a VOR and then GPS. So so technology changes, but what what the FAA says is that this is navigation, Right. So, so Congress has set aside the ability to, for the FAA to say what is legal navigation, okay? They don't have to go to Congress for that because okay. the, the, the technology and the way that we navigate aircraft has just been upgraded. So the rules are still the same. The airspace rules are the same, right? Um, and then 
the several years ago, many years ago, actually not several, but many, many years ago, they changed, they reclassified the airspace that you could fly in and they gave it different numbers. Instead of being all these weird acronyms, they made it basically A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? So they just, they kind of went down the alphabet and said, okay, A space is anything above 18,000. Uh, B is in the class Bravo, you know, that's a like, you know, Phoenix or Dallas or New York or somewhere in Chicago. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of narrowed it down to these little spots. They just changed the nomenclature. They had already been approved for all of that stuff. It was still <laughs> in the Airman's Information Manual. Uh, but they did not, you know, have to go to Congress and say, hey, can you legislate or can you help us pass this new legislation, right? Well, and having just learned about airspace, you, know, you make it sound so simple. Mm-hmm. It really, it really isn't that simple. I mean, well, it, it is for you. It is for you because you, because well, you fly it every day. It. But I mean, you know, it's it's not that simple. There's a lot of exceptions. It's very, it's cranky. It's very cranky. It can be cranky if you're not used to it. But uh, trust me, Mike. If I sat down with you for five minutes, oh, I could. Oh, I know. I know I you could. could. The all the yeah. how, how to how to basically navigate yourself through from you know G to A. And sure. uh, I wrote it down and said, okay, remember it this way. Because I teach, you know, new students to do that sure. as well. And so they have to remember that. And it's just an easy way to remember it. And sure. once they kind of get used to why it is, then it makes more sense, you know, to go from G to A. Um, but Sign you are up. correct. For someone someone that's not used to it or doesn't understand that navigational airspace or, or the difference in types of airspace, it can be a little cluttered. So uh, if you just opened the book and started reading, wait, Bravo, Charlie, you know, what is this Delta space? What's Echo space? What's Alpha space? And what are the requirements to be in there? It is a little bit, you know, kind of convoluted. So I just have a method to make it a little more simple if you started from the ground all the way up to the, you know, 60, 65,000. So. But to, to go to Jay's other point is that when you try to change – uh, when you try to add something to the rules that already exist, right, that's, that's when you cross the line. Because the, the FAA has a set of rules that, that basically I have a manual that I gave you, right? And it's called the Airman's Information Manual. Congress has approved all that and said, yep, we think that's great, right? Because they're the overseer of all of the government entities, just like if you're going to add tax code to the uh, to the tax exactly, you have to go to Congress and say, "Hey, we want to tax people on on this," and so you have to go in and add it. So, if they're going to make a change, and ADSB, to Mike's point, was one of those changes because that's an air surveillance broadcast system. That's what ADSB stands for, and that was a new uh, a, a new technology that they were bringing out that was supposedly going to make everything safer. And it took them basically about five years, five years to implement and get Congress to sign off on this new technology that's coming in and how it's going to make everything safer. They did this whole, you know, year's worth of, of uh, you know, sending information out, promising. They made all these promises that Congress said, okay, if we agree to this, you're not going to punish anybody for it. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. And they said, no, no, no. This is all based on safety. What it's going to do is it's going to allow that guy to talk to this guy and this guy to talk to that guy and all of them to talk to me, you know, and then we can talk to the FAA, can monitor all of it, and we can see where everybody's at. It's cool. And, you know, it's going to make everything so much safer because now you won't have air collisions because they ha- they know where you are and you know where they are. Yeah, guess what happened last Saturday? We had an air, a mid-air collision here in at, in Chandler, Arizona. Helicopter, mid-air collision. Yep, helicopter and airplane collided in the pattern at a towered wow. airport. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, so the helicopter didn't make it. The airplane was a low wing. It it did make it. It landed. It had some severe damage to the airplane. Obviously, the propellers you know kind of ripped the landing gear to pieces. But um, but unfortunately, the the two uh, both of them had students. Both of them were instructors. Uh, both of them were highly qualified. You know, had been doing it for some time. The, unfortunately, the two in the helicopter did not make it because it just you know it ripped the rotors off. And if you fly helicopters or even RC stuff, you know that that's not a good thing. Uh, so, <clears throat> all of this talk about ADSB 
and we still had an accident. So you can stand up and say all of this remote ID, all of this ADSB, everything that's going to make this safer, and you're still, right? You're, you're going into this, in my eyes, the FAA went into it going, hey, look, we want to get rid of this aircraft accident stuff. So if we create this technology, we will get away with that. No, you're not. It's going to happen. That's why it's called an accident, right? You're still responsible, and the FAA will not tell you that just because you have ADSB does not release you from your responsibility of maintaining visual separation from other aircraft. Right. You're still responsible. So, you know, somebody, they're going to look at this and say, okay, who was in the wrong? Somebody was in the wrong place at the right time. Maybe nobody was at fault, and they just happened to be at the same spot at the same time. Uh, you know, but we, we don't know. So now we found out after this has all been implemented, right, because they gave us three years to implement ADSB, three years, once it, once it got passed. The remote ID stuff was 90 days, 100 days, something like that, and then they said, bam, okay, everybody's good to go. So it, it just got accelerated because they were doing it on their own, and they figured out ways to say, well, look, you know, we're, not, we're regulating this airspace that's, below 400 feet because, you know, those are RC airplanes, drones, you know, they could hurt a big airplane, which still has yet to be proven. I mean, we don't, yeah. we don't have any. I don't, I don't, I don't think we need to rehash that argument. I mean, that's. You don't. And I mean, others, you can go back in our podcast uh, and listen to that one. But, uh, but, you know, I think that there's, uh, you know, once again, I think that there's this move towards safety <laughs> We talked about the RC, you know, the AC circular coming out. Uh, there was a big article on the AM, the AMA put out in regards to that. If you haven't read it, I suggest you go do it. Uh, and they, you know, they had a lot of the same questions that we did. And, you know, it's, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those things because it's hard for me because I sit on both sides, right? I do this professionally, and it makes a lot more sense to me why ADSB is there and, and how much more safe it should be. But then, you know, we find out that somebody flew under a bridge and she gets her license revoked. Somebody flew over a national park and they get fined. It, it's being used by other, you know, entities to, to be restrictive and punitive. Uh, and then at the same time, we're looking at this, you know, remote ID stuff going, oh, well, let's just to make things safer, right? Everything done in the ver in that safety verbiage is supposed to be good for us, but in reality, it never makes it safer. It only makes it, you know. Well, I mean, I think a perfect example of what you're talking about, Mike, is just GPS on your phones. How I do mean, you... well, I mean, GPS on your phone is great because it tells you where you are. You can use, yeah, sure. you know, you can use some map tool that would get you from here to there, and you can know. Mm -hmm. what, man, I love that because now I don't, I don't care if I turn wrong anymore. Right. right. Turn on the map tool, and I get, can get back to someplace reasonable and find my way. Right. Right. Except for every day now, uh, there are requests to different companies like Google and whoever else by the government asking for uh, placement of people. All right. And I don't get to know about it right. until it becomes a court case, and even right. then, I might not be able to know about it. Um, and so, that's I, I, just the same. To me, it's the same kind of thing that you were just saying about ADSB. How it was designed for this very cool and very good mm -hmm. idea, and then of course somebody has to go and bend it. And bend right. It to well, a way that's not. isn't it the same thing like in Australia? They, they're they're basically saying they're going to use people's phones, and if you're supposed to be at home, you're supposed to be working from home or be home, and they see that you're at the supermarket or you're somewhere you're not supposed to be, or you're they 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 go, hey, Mike Moan's at the beach. Hey, we, we noticed that on this date you were at the beach and you should have, everybody was quarantined. Why were you at the beach? And they're, right. they're using it as a tool for safety, everybody's safety, because of you, you can get the COVIDs if you go outside and you're around people or you're, you know, hey, we saw that you were around 35 people on this street corner because we noticed the other 35 people, you know, and we're going to bring a lawsuit against you, you folks. But it's all in the thing of safety in order to keep the, the numbers down. And so I've heard about them doing stuff like that. I've heard about them also using it to um, now you're supposed to keep your records on your phone so that they can access them. If you want to go to the store, let's say you want to get, you know, go to the pharmacy or go to, you know, the HEB or wherever. And before you can go in the store, 
they can scan your phone and see if you've had your records or if they can see if you've been to the hospital to get your shots or wherever. To me, that's, you know, great. It sounds great to be safe, but to me, that that's just a massive invasion of your privacy, you know, because, you know, your phone's well, just giving well, this information aside, out. And aside from all the different things that we're talking about, you know, the, the thing that I bring this back around to is I've got to spend all this mental capacity talking about what the government should or shouldn't do, and I just want to fly my plane. Right. Right. I I don't care two cents about what they think or whatever, <laughs> really. I mean, you know, right. when it gets right down to it, I just want to fly my plane. And and frankly, it makes it harder to want to go out, knowing that there's well, going to and... be somebody – that somebody, that somebody like you or me is going to be out there watching me to make sure I'm following these rules that they've created that we don't even know are legal at this point. And so now I'm being watched by people. What, well, do you have your main number on your plane? No. Well, aren't you supposed to? Maybe. I think so, but I, you know, I, don't, I didn't put it on there. <clears throat> well, who's the airplane police? Are you the airplane police? Right. I mean, are you? No. Well, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And, and for me, the problem is, is that uh, we were just at, uh, my wife and I had a birthday party for a five-year-old. Uh, friend of the family, and we went to the uh, the store, obviously, and we were looking for gifts for a five-year-old, and so we're on the, naturally, I gravitated to the RC side, you know, and I'm looking at monster trucks and little air hog, you know, airplanes, and sure enough, they had about a uh, 22-size helicopter sitting right there on the shelf. Wow. And, you know, of course, I'm not buying that for a five-year-old. But right. I, I pointed to my wife, and I went, this this is, this in, here entails, you know, is the problem that we're running into. Because how many of the people in that store are familiar as we are of what's going on? Oh, zero. Zero, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And maybe they are. Maybe they heard it somewhere down the line. But what's going to happen is grandma and grandpa, who are not privy to this information, are going to come in there at the birthday party and go, man, that's a really good thing for Johnny. Little Johnny would love this thing. And they're going to pull it off and they're going to go spend $59 and they're going to put it through the register. And he's going to go home and he's going to fire the thing up and he's going to fly it around in his front yard. Right. And by doing that, he's violating federal rules. We you you. Right. And, and so now just as the guy does it, right, the, the, the police comes by and, and whoever that may be, right, local law enforcement or, or some sort of a person assigned by the FAA to be the, you know, the police, whatever you want to call that guy, the drone police. And, the drone police. You know, because they could do that, right? They could, they could create a, an arm of the FAA that is an enforcement arm. They're not supposed to, but they could. Uh, or they could, you know, solicit. Maybe something the music about. group, the police will come and do it. <laughs> could be. Uh, and now, you know, grandma and grandpa had no idea. They didn't really look into it. They just bought it as a gift. And it's on the yeah. shelf. Now his dad's in federal prison because he's yeah, facing federal think. charges, I, a federal right. charges yeah. at least. Federal charges yeah. at least. So, so well, and who knows what, who knows what his contract to his employer says, you know. Yeah. That, how true. that might impact him as well. Yeah, and all over a birthday gift, right? Oh, so, right, exactly. Uh, and and I, I mean, and we're I making some leaps that. and we're making some assumptions, but at the same time, it, well, but the it assumptions sure seems possible. Too far away because yeah, right. you know exactly. that those those assumptions were made way back, you know, probably six years ago when the ADSB guys came out and everybody was having the same conversation, right? Oh, this is uh, this is bad. This is bad. The FAA is going to use this as a, you know, as a uh, enforcement arm. No, no, no. This is new technology, and you had both sides of the coin, right? You had all these younger guys that were like, "Oh, this is going to be the greatest thing ever," and these fight schools that were like, "Oh my gosh, now we're not going to have to worry about, you know, these this really packed tight airspace." As a result, you know, here we are, a year. I think you had to have it uh, in 2020, right? In December of 2019, your airplane had to have it. So you could not fly January 1 of 2020 if you didn't have ADSB. We are only one year from that date, actually almost two years from that date, and we're already finding enforcement action based on this technology. So I'm, I'm the, you know, 
I'm the positive side, meaning that, yeah, there's probably some good that's going to come out of it because there has been really important changes, you know, and in, in the in the real airline or in the aircraft world, it is really cool to be able to see everybody else from where they are. But at the same time, we actually questioned whether this was going to happen. And now here it is. This was much faster. I don't suspect it'll be two years before somebody is getting in trouble, totally agree. Uh, you know based totally on, on this because things things have a tendency to accelerate, right? They already found out. Now they're like, oh, hey, you know, the little guy like me or you or Jay, I don't I don't have the resources to fight the U.S. Well, and you're not going to fight anyway, Mike, because you're a pilot. Right. You're, no one of the, you're, you you're part of the man. Well, I mean, does it make sense for you to fight because no, you're going to totally, totally be raked over the coals if that happens? Correct. You know? and, and, but I'm just saying that, you know, Grandma and Grandpa and little Johnny, who's, you know, just down the road, is flying in his front yard. He's, he's not able to fight the government. So when the government swings that big heavy arm and comes down on the table and says, hey, you're guilty, what does he do, right? It's going to require somebody like, uh, you know, the drone company that has a huge multi-billion dollar stake in the industry that says, wait a second, this is definitely going to affect our business. It's going to affect how we, you know, regulate our business on our own. And it could cause some serious waves in this industry. Uh, you know, it could take RC airplanes totally off the shelf. If, yeah. if the manufacturer said, yeah, we're not going to we're not going to comply. The FAA could basically say, hey, you can't import those anymore. Right. You know, and none of that stuff. I mean, with the exception of a few things. RC Cores. Back to making, making my We're going to give him place. a shout out. RC Cores makes his stuff right yeah, here, yeah. right? But some of the larger uh, manufacturers, um, we won't mention them, but you know they're they've got factories overseas in Taiwan. Like Barcelu, you know, model planes. I mean, he's a big manufacturer. All right, right. So I, you know, it's gonna. I, I'm I'm fa- I'm hoping that I that I see favorable outcome from the lawsuit. And I hope it doesn't uh, destroy the, you know, this whole process. But at the same time, I think, I think there needs to be some serious adjustment Um, because, you know, a lot of the things I think Jay and I talked about last time that, uh, you know, this whole Freya thing, it's, you know, it's up to them whether they agree to it or not. And they could say that, yeah, you can do it this week, but next week you can't. Yeah. yeah. And that's totally wrong. Well, it's always in little increments, right? You, mm-hmm. you don't boil you don't boil a frog by sticking them in hot water, right? You put, nope. Turn yep. up the water. Right? Yeah, you put, it, put them in a cold water bucket and turn up the heat. So yeah. he'll swim around thinking he's in a jacuzzi for a while. So. <laughs> Look at all the bubbles. Yeah, the <laughs> but you know, I I don't know. I I think that ultimately, I I want to be optimistic that ultimately this will work itself out. I really do. Well, I, I want to be optimistic too. But my I just, fear, I just, I, I, yeah, I just find that it's really hard to be in this environment. And and my fear is is that you know I look at I look at my shop. I mean, I'm literally building a new house just so I could have a bigger shop for RC stuff. And I look at all That's the, the only reason. Out. There's no other reason oh, at right. all. <laughs> I'm just using that as a crutch, right? I, I got it. Okay. Because I'm excited about it. But, I mean, but we won't tell you know, your wife about that, but that's the only reason that she got that new house. Is that's right. Okay. No, there were several reasons. But, uh, but you know, I look at Jay. You know, you can see in the background of Jay's house, between the two of us or three of us, I mean, we've got quite a substantial amount of money tied up in the RC world. And, I hate for someone to just be able to go, you know, it's like gone tomorrow. Sorry. And then what's your stuff worth, right? Who's going to buy it? Who's, you know, I mean, right now you can buy and sell stuff and trade stuff and, you know, give it away or do whatever. And, and it'll all be gone. It'll literally be, you know, in my case, oodles and goodles of money. thrown. I don't, I don't really have to worry, worry about that, I don't think, for the paramount stuff because – I've talked to a bunch of people, you know, you, you go through life and you meet people and, and sure. you know, they, they, you talk about hobbies and paramotor comes up and, you know, a good many of them just sort of, uh, you know, opt out. I'll, I'd never do that. Like I hear that probably, you know, seven out of 10 times. I could never do that. I would never do it. 
but there's still significant numbers. It's like, that sounds interesting. And then one or two is like, yeah, where do I sign up? I mean, do you, do you have the paperwork or do I have to go get somebody else to get it? And uh, so, so I guess, you know, we have a lot of people in America at least, and I'm sure there are, that other countries do this as well. That makes sense. Uh, it might become a bigger set of people, but in the end, yeah. I think that it's not, it's not, it's just like, regular GA airplanes, you don't have a lot of people because it takes money, a good amount of money for that particular hobby to be a hobby. Like, well, you know, that's you a couple hundred grand just to step into that space. Right. You know? and, and, it, and that's why I think it filters down, right? I mean, if we had, you know, I, over a 31-year career, if I had a dollar for every time somebody that I was in the cockpit with said, oh, man, I love RC stuff. I learned that when I was a kid. That's what made me become a pilot. And, I mean... I could have retired by now, you know, because <laughs> it would have been a lot right. of dollars. There, right. There's astronauts and, and there's, you know, uh, engineers at, uh, at NASA and there's uh, engineers at Northrop or Boeing or whatever that learned to fly uh, airplanes and it was intriguing. We actually have a, um, a high school here called EVIT. Uh, it's engineering something in technology school. But anyway, it's it's a high school that's dedicated to specific technological you know, entities and RC flying is one of them. And, wow. they, you know, they, they have a good time over there. They fly RC stuff. They, they move into flying real airplanes because of it. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of military guys learn to fly RC airplanes when they were young kids. And that's kind of what, you know, sparks that interest. And I hate to see, you know, big brother just crush all that because then what do you do? I mean, we're about to become, you know, Everybody thought COVID was going to take care of the pilot shortage, and it just made it worse because we had guys that retired. And all of a sudden, uh, flying public, you know, was like, oh, hey, COVID's over. You know, or we're tired of being locked up. We're going. And I think I uh, got noticed the other day that uh, the TSA said that uh, the numbers, the amount of travelers in 2021, in September 2021 or August, August, September, August of 2021, exceeded the travel in 2019. They had before more passengers COVID. before COVID. They had more passengers after COVID than they did before COVID. I just so, like I mean, all the fight, man. I just like that we get the But same. that would have been expected, right? Over over those many years, though, what's the percentage increase? I mean, they were, you know, the, the idea here is that COVID is going to stop people from traveling at all. And I say to you that that's just, we're now back to normal. And that that, that increases probably the normal increase of what it would have been had there been no COVID at all. Um, yeah, that may have been the case. And we just had a year of kind of, uh, you know, everybody kind of just treading water. But um, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, and I don't know the percentage of increase of travel year over year. Uh, but, you know, it's based on population, right? So sure. if you get a bigger population, they're going to start traveling more. And, and it depends on the economics behind it as well. Um, I uh, was talking to a guy the other day, kind of off topic, but, you know, airline related. Uh, I guess in 1952, I think that's when it was. In 1952, there was the first jet service from JFK to London on a jet liner. Most okay. of the time before that, it was all on a turboprop. And they had to stop, you know, in Shannon, Ireland or whatever to get over to London. Well, now it's a jet. It flies over and it lands in London. In 1952, the ticket was $365. Holy smokes. One way. In 1952. Just last week, a ticket from JFK to London was $360 round trip. And that's adjusted for inflation. Wow. So it actually went down the the cost of travel from 1952 till today, yeah. even more because in yeah. half would have just been you know 365 dollars. But that's a round trip ticket over a course of so many years, adjusted for the inflated price. So it's interesting, you know, that 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 that's kind of working that way. But I think RC is the same way, right? I mean, we Jay and I have had this conversation about the turbine world. And the turbine world was one of those worlds where there was very, very few guys that had turbines. I mean, very few. If you could afford to spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on a turbine aircraft, you know, you're in a very different income bracket than the majority of the people in the U.S. 
And now look, you know, we're we're going to best in the West, which you probably, if you look 19 years ago when they first or however many, I think they're in their 18th year, uh, even 15 years ago or five years ago, uh, there was probably 20 guys, 30 guys that would show up to this event. Now you're looking at over 100. That just goes, you know, and, and if you look at what a turbine costs, there's a company out there called, um, I just had a brain hemorrhage. Uh, the Schwing? The, no, it's the Aero Club, uh, the Aero, Aerofoam. And they're creating uh, a, a new airplane, the L39. It's a little bit bigger than our Motion RC ones. And, heck, I know guys that have converted their Motion RC airplanes to turbines because they make a little 65, you know, turbine. And it drops right into that thing. And now, all of a sudden, somebody buys a $300 foam airplane, puts another, you know, $1,100, $1,200 turbine in it, and they're out flying jets. They're flying turbine jets. Now, they got to get a waiver for it, but it doesn't take long. If they've been flying it as an EDF, you know, the turbine stuff just ha- takes a little bit to kind of get used to, the spool-up times. But the airplane flies the same, albeit a little bit faster. Yeah. So... But, I'm, you know, I'm just saying that, the you know, as technology increases, the prices come down, you're going to have a larger group, which is what your point is uh, in the, air, you know, in the travel, and you know, when everybody's traveling, and I'm, I'm just relating it to the RC. I think the RC world is getting bigger because technology is coming to the point where you can go to the RC, uh, you know, uh, hobby shop and buy an airplane that you can fly this afternoon. Well, and has a gyro or, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, right. a correction, some sort of mechanism in it. Safe flight or whatever. Yeah, safe flight yeah. or, you know, whatever. And yeah. Just think how, yeah, think how wonderful that is. And it all costs, you know, under $150. So, so I'm going to change the, the, the conversation just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking with Jay a little bit, and uh, I was telling him that uh, I, don't, I don't want people to feel bad for me because, you know, it's on me, but... I feel jealous of you two guys, and I'm jealous because you have a weekly get get together with the guys that you could go to mm-hmm. uh, at the park. And uh, Jay has his own flying field that he can uh, bring or expel anybody he wants. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then Ow. Mike goes to the other place where he can fly his jets, which is cool. Yeah, and yeah. so I don't really have that community. And I think you know, and, and uh, you know, I see that when I go to see Doug or. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Other people who have those parks, it's it's cool, and these guys get together and they build planes and they do uh, interesting things uh, in terms of what they're doing with their planes, the the, the changes they're making. Um, I mean, you could just see you can see that stuff on Facebook. It's out there uh, all day long, sure. um, uh, except for not today because Facebook was crashed <laughs> solidly for a couple hours. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. In fact, I don't know what people were doing for a couple hours there today. But anyway, I, uh, I, I just wanted to kind of bring that up because I, I feel like I feel like, you know, that it's that. There's the thing that you talked about, Mike, about people going for STEM reasons mm-hmm. or for just uh, engaging. But there's that piece that we don't really talk about too much. But every person in RC knows, or or at least the ones that uh, that I meet in clubs, mm-hmm. is the community piece. Yeah, I think there's a lot of com- camaraderie that's uh, – I mean, I have actually literally both gone to the park and to the field and out to flight turbines without taking a single airplane just to just to hang with the guys, mm-hmm. just to be there to, you know, to meet them and hang out with them and swap stories and watch them fly. I mean, that, that you know, it's, ve- it's, it's really fun to take your own airplane, but it's also fun just to go to hang out with the guys sure, because sure. it's a good group of guys. I mean that that comes clear when we go to the um, Arizona Electric Festival. Electric Fest right. or Holly Springs or right. I mean, uh, San Antonio well, but, Club. But I mean, certainly at AEF, right? Because it's yeah. a three-day That's thing that we all go to, sure. and we watch people come in from. What they had that going guy from Germany one year. Yep. I mean, people coming from all over the place yeah. to go to right. AEF, and uh, and then you know you can walk up to any one of them and say, "Hey, that looks really cool. What did you do?" And you know. They don't go, hey, kid, get out of here. You yeah, know, right. You don't even hear that, and right? Almost every one of them, you know, almost one, every one of them. You might hear, hey, kid, don't step on that. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> Please don't, don't sit yeah, on it. Don't yeah. try to ride it, you know. Yeah. I know it's big, but don't try to ride it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but at the same time, uh, you know, almost every one of them to a T would 
just as soon open the guts up for you and show you everything inside. What he mm-hmm. did, how he did it, why, uh, you know, what he used for glue, uh, how many times he's crashed it, whatever, yeah. all yeah. that stuff, right? I, and yeah, I think, and I think that's with every part of the hobby too, right? I mean, we've had Scott agreed. on, uh, um, you know, even even three D printing, yeah. right? You get yep, radio, you get three D Aero Ventures doing their stuff, and and yeah. you know he he's been real open about what he did and how he did it, and yeah. uh, you know really sharing some of the things that he's doing. He's done a great job of of building the designs that he de- he's done. Uh, yeah. You know, I think just a lot of awesome stuff comes out of it, and even even you see some of the organizations uh, talk about paramotoring and stuff like that, just flight in general. But again, I'm going to just, fo- I just want to focus on community piece of it. Right. So, so all this stuff we've been talking about, not only impacts the hobby from a standpoint of, can I do it? Mm-hmm. But from a standpoint of, Hey, you're breaking communities too. Well, yeah, I can see that. Right. That is a good point. Yeah. And, and maybe and, that'll come out in the lawsuit because that's one of the things that the drone company brought up is that, uh, you know, this, they, they do a lot of telev- televised, you know, that the drone racing world has gotten it's a sport huge. It's a, yeah, yeah. you're right. It's a sport. It's on ESPN. It's on. Fact, I wouldn't be surprised channels. if we don't see it in the Olympics in the next four or <laughs> eight. I'm, no, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm serious about that. I totally understand that. You're because right. Because I have sat beside the, behind the goggles to try to watch these guys fly. It yeah. does take a certain skill to be able to do that stuff. I well, mean, didn't they? Uh, be... Then they put rock climbing in this year's Olympics. Yes, Isn't uh, that an Olympic sport that's, that's yeah, possible. I yeah, so. I don't know. And yeah. rock climbing was a sport, right? That that yeah. wasn't a, like an Olympic sport. That was just a regular sport. But then they did that speed climb, and they did all this other stuff. So yeah, I, I don't dis, I don't disregard the fact that that could be an Olympic event at some point in the future. Sure. So. Uh, I, so I'll just talk about, I mean, I would say community. You're, they're breaking community. I mean, and to I, me, and that's I where, really, where the rubber hits, hits the road here. Yeah. You, you can talk about all the safety stuff that you want, but you're breaking things. Like mm-hmm. you said, STEM uh, progression and also community. So those two things well, for me are the biggest things. And hopefully they'll bring that up, right? I mean, I think that if a judge was sitting there and, and heard that they were basically killing a $4 billion a year industry. Just that, because. You know, they, yeah, just because they wanted to control the level below the tree, right? I mean, you know, they don't want you flying in your backyard below your tree line. That's illegal now, uh, according to them. So I, I, I think at some point they're going to have to say, well, you know, flying in your backyard, come on. You know, how, right. how do you regulate yeah. that? That's like saying I can't toss the ball with my kid because, you know, um, we're throwing the ball into navigable airspace, son. Sorry, we can't do that. You know. you know what's really interesting to me, though, after all of this? Where's the Estes Rocket guys in all these? Nobody. I think that, I mentioned that, that in our, one of our last uh, podcasts yeah. when I was talking None about that They're quietly launching their rockets, Mike. There you go. I mean, I've been out at the park where we fly. I've what is that, two the... seconds? It, it doesn't stay in the space very long, so it's not like, mm. you know. But it still doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's the same I'm thing. I'm not They're disagreeing with you. Yeah. I, I agree that it penetrates the space we're talking about here, but we are talking about a different magnitude. We're not talking about as many, and we're not talking about as long. And those two things right alone, the, that alone will stop that from being an issue there, because there's not enough heft. There's yeah, but there's, there's going to be more threat. rules, more rules put upon the RC world than there is on the paramotor world. And I'd be I'd be much more afraid yeah. to run into I a need paramotor. You to, I need you to I stop would. saying that, Jay. I need you. I need you to stop saying that, Jay. <laughs> well, right you keep bringing it up. I'm I'm sorry. If I'm going no, I'm down, you're going. Your, your hobby's going down. Did I ever bring up the paramotor rules? Never did I bring up the paramotor rules ever. Because there are no rules. Jay. That's what I love about your hobby. <laughs> there are no rules. <laughs> well, you strap your lawnmower in your back and you, you grab your sheet. You just you just jump off a cliff. That's I love it. That's what you guys want to do. Knock yourselves out. How can you regulate tying your a bunch of balloons to your lawn chair? I don't understand with a lawn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eh, we're just poking fun. I know. But but going back to that though, if you think about it, uh, one of the things that uh, you know that drove this was this whole drones taking down airliners kind of yeah. thing, right? Yeah. They were like, oh my gosh, you know, if if it runs into something like that, then you know you could take down an airliner. Well, now you're you're creating legislation that's going to create uh, these little GPS units that that basically can tell you where this item is at all times. 
how hard is it once that technology comes out to now change it to where it can track, right, GPS track another item? Because we're already to that point with ADS-B. I mean, literally, if my airplane's over here and there's an ADS-B over here, I can track it. I can fly right to the guy. So if I have that technology, how hard is it now to put it in an Estes rocket where if somebody's up there, I can launch that thing from my backyard and it can track, which is no different than a missile coming off of a rail yeah. you know, in a military. And I can pack it full of you know, whatever I want. So, so I guess my point is, is that if, you, if you're going to tell me that you can pack a C4 on a quad and land it on you know, an airplane wing and blow the airplane up or whatever the case may be, you know, where's Mythbusters when you need them? I mean, those guys, no, yeah. we, we, they would probably figure out a way to buy a jet airliner and then try to drive a drone into it just to see there what would go. happen, you know? Yeah, because they, they wound up with a 747 blowing uh, cars off the road, right? They yeah, did that. I, so I, I'm sure I, they could I'm probably with that. My brother was running the airport when yeah. that happened. Yeah. And actually, uh, I think there's a video on one of our last podcasts, uh, or at least we talked about the video where they, uh, they flew that, or maybe it was on our our, 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 um, web, our uh, Facebook page, where some company flew a drone into an airplane. Don't you remember that, Jay? No, I don't. Uh, something. I remember. Maybe maybe I, I, I remembered, or I sent it to you guys just as a, hey, look, yeah. look at this. Yeah, so they, they actually had an airplane that was sitting still. Uh, I think the engines were turning on it, maybe, and they, they actually flew a, a quad into the side of the airplane to see how much damage it would do. But it, well, it, well, I mean, I think the damage it could do would be to the turbine, right? I mean, because if it gets into the intake, you, you don't you think it would just spit it back out? Wouldn't well, hurt any fins? It would shred it like a yeah, but it wouldn't hurt any of the fins. You don't think it would ruin any? No, of the it would hurt the fins, but it's no different than taking a brown pelican through the same motor. I mean, I heard all the I heard all the blades in that thing too, but the airplane didn't come down. It still flew, and I still landed and uh-huh. smelled like chicken, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole airplane, you know, you cook the bird. I mean, no offense, brown pelicans. We don't think you're chickens. Yeah, just want to, yeah, in case you're watching. We don't but I'm it. just saying that, you know, I sucked one right through a motor. And, uh, you know, you look at. Uh, at Good old Larry. It was done with, uh, you know, with Sully's airplane going into the Hudson there. And, you know, he he sucked down a whole, you know, flock of keys. And, yeah, it did do a lot of damage. Uh, the airplanes were still, the, the engines were still turning. They just weren't producing enough thrust to keep the airplane airborne. So I, I think it would take a lot more. I mean, I've hit, I've hit a ton of birds in my career. Um, not purposefully, but, you know, it just happens that that's part of the dangers of flying airplanes is that, you know, you kind of hit birds and I've birds hit come through. all birds and I've hit big birds. I think we should put ADSB on all birds. Yeah. That would be helpful. Good luck with 10 that. 10 billion of them or something. Well, there's a lot of research with Maybe. with the uh, what they call it the chicken cannon or whatever. I, I remember when yeah, I was working my safety job, there was you know we had nothing but videos and all sorts of research on you know the different angles the birds were hitting them at. You know, chickens, turkeys, right. you know, frozen chickens, turkeys. They were firing up different planes, different parts of the plane, into the windshields, everything, just to see the kind of damage that they would do. So. So as long as my plane isn't as heavy as a chicken, I should be good to go. Should be. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Well, yeah, that's it could be. It can be as heavy as twenty-eight pound turkey. You know, it could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. You never know. I mean, it's one of those things that uh, I, I think there needs to be more research done. Uh, I think there needs to be, you know, some some logic put behind this, right. and, and maybe we're the ones that do it. Maybe it's the lawsuits the one to do it. If you get a judge involved, maybe they'll start listening. But we'll have to just keep an eye on it. And you know, unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. So, which uh, one? Uh, just the industry, the way it's growing. This eye or this eye? <laughs> oh, I see. Which which eye do you want me to pick? Which one? Yeah, I got you. Well, unfortunately, our hour is up. Um, anytime we get talking about something controversial, it always seems like the time just zips by, but uh, I do appreciate your input, and if you ha- have a different input, or if you have a different take on it, then jump on our uh, Facebook uh, listeners group. Hopefully it'll be uh, working. Pod- <laughs> yeah, hopefully it is working, and uh, and post something for us to read. We'd, we'd love to hear from our listeners. If uh, you got some time, send us an email at parkfirepodcast at gmail.com or if you'd like... Uh, 
If you would like to leave us a voicemail and you're not telling me that my warranty is expired, you can call 830-4943. Three or four phone messages just the yesterday or day before, and it was all you know warranty. I think they've got our number. Is your car safe? I mean, if you, if you called her back. If you called her back. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. So. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, eight three zero four 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 nine four three, and uh, and actually, uh, you know, run over to um, uh, to our sponsors page as well, uh, rcbatteriesusa.com, and uh, and grab some uh, A Power batteries. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, check out the three uh, D Aero Ventures website. I think you'll be surprised at some of the new stuff that he's putting in there as well. He's always doing something, that guy. Always, uh, he's got some new. Uh, new stuff for sale and uh he's got some other stuff that uh i think is um, gratis so hey so uh i want we'll have to talk about this next time but uh thanks for showing me about the race wolf fun. oh that's right we did talk about that last time right yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i i took a look at it that it, it did have 2600 it's not 2200 which is what i normally fly but yeah. i would fly a 2200 and not worry about it because i i don't think i would fly as fast as those guys were flying it because i'm just too chicken but yeah, I like fl- I like flying it, and I, I liked how the video had them launching it upside down. So that's also yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, we'll have to uh, maybe you know Christmas is coming up. Maybe uh, Jay and I can figure something out. And see I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that does it for this week. We appreciate you joining us on the Park Fire Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And I came back in Texas. I think we had a delay there. All right, we'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.